Awesome. So, hey, man, we are here, Faith in the Fast Life podcast. We have Adrian Monhey with us today. Everybody pronounces that name wrong because they're not from Southern Colorado like I am. <laughs> but we got it right. People want to say Mong, they want to say Monji, and some people even say Monet. But Adrian is with us today. Monhey, he's with us. He is a triathlete, right? Like kind of do a little bit of endurance stuff. Yeah, I do all kinds of stuff. So I did, uh, I've done triathlons. I've done uh, 24 hour world championship time trial racing on a road bike. I've done pro mountain bike racing, uh, downhill and cross country. Um, Yeah, I've done all that at pretty much any bike besides a unicycle i've raced <laughs> we need to change that i think we should see where we can go with a unicycle <laughs> i, yeah, saw, I yeah. saw a video yesterday on uh on uh instagram and it was a guy riding a unicycle and then he had handlebars that were just a front wheel so it was like there's no frame <laughs> connecting him it was kind of oh, interesting yeah it's it's crazy yeah but it's been like It's been, I mean, the whole bike riding and racing thing, um, I kind of, I watched your story and I was thinking my story is like the total opposite. Yeah. (laughs) Like I actually met Christ and then because of that, I started riding bikes and stuff. Right. But I had none of that before Christ. Like um, I was just going to the gym and when I started following Christ, started hanging around Christian people. Um, going to church. Um, and I was raised in the church, so I went back to church, I should say. Um, and then one day I seen an Iron Man on TV and I was like, man, if those people can do it, I could definitely do that. It just like, I think God stirred it up in me because I had, I didn't even know what a triathlon was until that day when I seen it on TV. And, uh, yeah, that's where it all started, though. Like that, even the desire to ride bikes. So that's a. So we'll recap a little bit for the listeners here. If you guys haven't listened to episode one, which is is my story, uh, what Adrian is referring to is the fact that you know I kind of grew up doing bicycles, doing BMX, doing action sports, and got pulled away by drugs and alcohol. And then when I found God, he's he's coming full circle here and putting me right back into it. So not that I'm any spectacular athlete, like the guys that are on the show with me, but I'm able to get out and ride the bikes and do those different things. So Adrian, let's elaborate a little bit on that. So tell us more like your childhood growing up. You said you, you grew up in church. Let's uh, let's get a little bit of a background here. Tell us, tell us more. Yeah. So um, my mom married my stepdad uh, when I was nine and they became full-time pastors and they were actually church planners in California um, and in Tijuana and all that area in Sonada. Um, they planted churches for the four square denomination. Okay. So from nine until I was a teenager, they were just planting churches and we went with them everywhere. So that's why I said I came back to the church because I was raised in the church um, since I was young and I didn't know anything different. So when I became an adult, I actually decided, like, I don't want anything to do with church because I was raised in the church. I seen the ugliest parts of the church, like the worst of the worst. You see it when you're raised in it. Um, But as I became an adult, I knew I needed it. Like, I knew there was that empty feeling. And I always tell people there's this moment where I was like sitting on the couch 
And I had a 24 ounce Budweiser because nobody drinks Bud Light. And uh, I was just sitting there and I had my daughter in my arm. She had just been born for like three weeks. And I remember going like, this is not what I want. And God's like, you know what should be in your hand. And it's not that beer. And that day I actually stopped drinking. Like I didn't drink any alcohol since that day. So I haven't drank in 18 years. And um, I opened up my Bible that day and just started chasing God again and trying to hear his voice all over again. So so I like to, I like to chime in on that a little bit too, because a lot of people, you know, I've heard, you know, obviously my walk, I haven't been walking nearly as long as you, but you know, I'm a deacon at our church and, and, and involved with the church understand, but I also come from a business background. So when, when Adrian says that uh, he saw all the darkest things of the church, I think it's important for the listeners to remember that the church is filled with people and we're all yeah. humans and we all fall short. So when that happens, you know, it, we're, we're sinful by nature. We were born into that. We were born that way. And, um, you know, one of the things that's been coming up a lot with us is, uh, talking about, you know, why does, why does God do, do these things to good people, right? Well, mm. none of us are good people. We're not, there was only one good man and he died for all of the rest of our sins and his father sent him for that reason. So when you guys think about it, I know a lot of our listeners, we, we have people that struggle once in a while, you know, with going to church. And I believe that a lot of times people head to church and they immediately are looking for a wall to put up with church so that they can go back yeah. away from it. And whatever you focus on, you'll get more of. So if you go looking for that divide and you go looking for anything other than Jesus and church, you're going to find it. But if you go looking for Jesus, you'll find him too. Yeah, so just what that's, I that's, yeah, that's like perfectly put too, because when you do go to church and even now I'm a pastor now, um, and, when I'm in church, I always look for the, the next thing that God wants for me. And like, it shouldn't ever change. Like whether you're a pastor or you just started going to church, it's always about the next thing God wants for you in that building or in that room or with other people, you know, but even knowing the worst, I would also say I've seen the best too. Right. Like I've seen the most broken people being the leaders, being used in a way that there is no way in the world they could possibly do it on their own. You know, only God could do that. And that's even me, you know, people sometimes because I'm a pastor, they put me on a pedestal or like of perfection, you know, like this guy wakes up and can quote Bible verses and it's, and it's not like that. It's this crazy burn inside of me knowing that I was radically transformed by the love of God. I don't even look the same because I encountered God. And it's that inside of me that lets me live the life that I have right now, which is still not perfect. (laughs) Yeah, And nobody's is, but let's, uh, let's go a little more into that. So we kind of got into the past. You grew up in the church. You saw some bad things. Uh, Your parents are church planners with the four square denomination. Where else do we go? So from there, I, uh, I left the church um, and my parents, they, I mean, they started all kinds of churches everywhere, everywhere the Foursquare denomination would send them. I mean, one time they sent us to this city called Taft in California, and there was only 14 Mexicans in the whole entire city. 
and they wanted us to start a Spanish church there. <laughs> it was funny, man, because I was like, you know, we're the only Mexicans here, right? <laughs> um, but it was funny because like we were my I seen them still be faithful to their calling. Like they were like, so what? You know, we're gonna get right. all 14 of these people at our church. And yeah. we did. Like they all came to the church and how, how God big was used the church? Them. Oh man, I think by the time we were done, there was like 30 people. All like right. people would drive from a city that was like 20 minutes away or 15 to come to that little church. But nice. my my parents were faithful to it. They were just Good. like that. And that was like some of the best stuff I've seen is like, even though it didn't look right, they were like, we're still going to stick with it. <laughs> but it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. So tell so as you, as you go through, I mean, church planting as youngster, when did you start to fall away? Uh, it was actually when I got married. Um, when I got married, I ended up having a good time. Actually, I ended up, God blessed me with the job, um, in Texas doing demolition and operating excavators and heavy equipment. And I was tearing down freeway bridges, making really good money for an 18 year old. I mean, $50,000 was a million dollars, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I ended up when I started working and having that position of, um, authority, you know, you just feel like a million dollars. And I just forgot about God. I forgot that he had put me there, started drinking, um, stopped going to church, 100% stopped praying. And it, it, I just kept going until I was about 19. And then I started to realize that was that moment uh, when I had my daughter and I was just like, okay, this something needs to change. And I started reading my Bible again. And my daughter, she, she saved my life, man. And I tell her that I was like, if, if I didn't have you, I don't think I'd be on this path that I'm on right now. But she totally saved my life. So you, uh, you, you left to Texas, you got married, left to Texas for a job. And basically, so basically just a year, right? That you were kind of out, out, out there in the world doing your own thing. Yeah. And it it was fun. I will say that. (laughs) I mean, I, I was a preacher's kid. So drinking and all that stuff wasn't really um, something we did (laughs) at all in our house. Um, So I had fun in my mind thinking that that was success. And uh, it really wasn't because I think the most depressed I ever got was in those moments where I knew I was getting drunk and the next day, I was going to get up and just do the same thing. Like there wasn't going to be anything new. There wasn't going to be anything special. I was just going to get up, work and get drunk again. So it Uh, was. It's a vicious cycle, right? I mean, that's, I mean, you were out there in a year. I was there for lots of years, but yeah, it's it's a vicious cycle that gets a hold of you. And it, I, I'd like to think that it boils down to you're searching for something, right? Everybody's searching for something. Um, whether it's that high that you're either searching from something or running from something. And so a lot of people run to, you know, they do the work all day long and then they got to, they got to unwind. So they, one drink leads to two leads to 10 and then the cycle starts over again, but you can only be fulfilled by Christ, right? It's the only thing that leaves you feeling whole. Um, so if oh, you yeah. search for that and you go searching for that on a daily basis, right? Much, much better feeling. Oh, yeah. And like, I mean, I look at my wife now 
I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about kids back then, you know, and I have five kids now and I have one on the way and I've been married 21 years. I've been a professional athlete for 16 years now. And it's like, and I've been a pastor for 16 years too, which is kind of funny, but none of that would have happened if I would have just sat there on that couch and said, nah, F it. I'm going to chug this beer, you know, (laughs) and, uh, something inside me. And I always tell people like, God always taps us on the shoulder and says like, I want to rescue you. I'm ready when you're ready, you know? And, uh, I was definitely ready that day, but my life would not even be close to where it's at right now. You know? Right. I mean, this, yeah. So would you say like, I mean, you talk about God tapping you on the shoulder, right? And I've, I've often in my story told, uh, you know, that I, I now see that all the different God, times God was with me or was reaching out to me, but I, I just, I feel like he was always talking to me. I just wasn't listening. Would you say that the fact that you grew up in the church helped you to be able to hear God, if you will? And therefore, even though you had been away and living in the world for a year, you know, you're holding your daughter there and he's saying, Hey, like, come back to me. Would you say that your, your youth and your childhood growing up helped you to hear his call? Oh yeah, man. I mean, when I say I was raised up in the church, I was raised by two very committed people to God. I mean, they were super committed. They quit their jobs. They sold everything, lived in poverty in every city they went to. Um, to build churches for the kingdom. So when I was young, that was like the most important thing to them was learning to hear God's voice. I mean, they would have me sit with my Bible for three hours, which I don't think people should do this, but I'm just (laughs) telling you what they did to me um, for three hours. And I would have to do devotions for three hours. At 5 a.m. in the morning, we would be at the church on our faces in whatever city we were in, just praying for that city. And it was, I would fall asleep sometimes, confession time, I fall asleep, but I was, I knew that that was like the reality of following Christ. Like that's what it was supposed to look like. Like your heart burns for the city that you're in. And it was, it was real, man. Like, and I really did hear God's voice even when I was young uh, because I had to, like, I didn't have a choice. Like they would send me to pray for people. They, they would literally, we'd go to a city, check this out, and random neighborhood say, okay, Adrian, we want you to go knock on every door in this neighborhood and ask them if they want prayer and just tell them what church you're with. So I was like 10 years old, walking around neighborhoods, knocking on doors saying, hey, I'm with the church down the street. Uh, would you like me to pray with you? And my parents would be like waiting like, right, like stalker, stalker mode on the corner going like, okay, what did God tell you for that person? What did you tell them that God said? And I was like, sometimes I was like, nothing, because I didn't know. And then sometimes God would say crazy things, you know, he would tell them like, to stop doing what they were doing, or that he was looking for them, or that he heard them last night. I mean, it was crazy as a kid, hearing God's voice that way. So you were, um, so they, God was actually speaking through you to these random houses. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. That's wild. And I, and it was like, a, I was forced to, but God used it anyway. You know, right. it's kind of like how you talked about the difficulty. And I just want to touch on that. Cause I hear that a lot from Christians about, 
why do good people have to go through hard times? Or why does God allow these difficult things to happen to us if he loves us? And I will tell you, I don't see it as God doing all these bad things. But I, I'll, I guarantee you this. He will not waste any of it. Right. <laughs> he will use every drop of pain that we experience in our lives for his glory, for us to, to transform us with his love. But, and that's what he did when I was a kid. I was just doing what I was told and he used it. And even to this day, um, my main focus with the guys that I do Bible study is, can you hear God's voice? Right. Do you hear God's voice? What did he tell you that today? What did he tell you this week? Because for me, that's like the most important part of my relationship with God is the conversations I have with him daily. Not just me talking, but him talking to me. Right. So tell us, like, elaborate a little bit for our listeners and, and for myself as well. Like, what, what do you do to, to hear God? Like, what do you, I mean, I feel like, it, you know, for newer Christians, everything else like this can get become one of those things that gets so misconstrued and so hard maybe for new Christians, right? For people that are just starting to walk. So what is it that you do to get into that place that you can hear him? Awesome. I love this question. <laughs> I actually did like a three series videos of how to hear God's voice or how it works for me. Um, the first thing I do is I always open my day with God, like whatever, I'm just open to what he has to say. I'm very focused on it in the mornings. Um, and that means that my life has to be about other people because even people who are not Christians hear God's voice when their life is about others. Right. Like some of the most powerful people who minister to other people who are not Christians will actually hear God and they'll call it something else. Right. They'll call it an intuition. They'll call it, um, a feeling they'll call it the universe talking to them, but the, God gut talks feeling. To Trust your gut. Yeah. But God talks to them because their life is about other people. So the first thing I'm open to it right away. And then my life is about other people, other people being radically transformed by the love of God. And that's like one of the key things. Like if your life is just about you, God will rarely talk to you right. because it's just you, you know, He's like, I already wrote down everything you need to hear, but right. I need other people to hear it. It's like the most powerful God stories I have are not what God told me for me, but what God told me something for someone else. Right. Like I got this journal. This is a cool story. I got this little journal. It's got a compass. And one day I, I, when I went to buy this, God told me, I want you to buy another one for my friend Kyle. And I was like, well, okay, I'll, his birthday's coming up. And so I went, and he's a rich guy, right? He makes a lot of money. He makes millions. So I was like, no, God, I need to buy him a fancier one. But God said, no, buy him the same exact one you bought. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Mine's cheap, <laughs> you know? It's like 20 bucks. And so I was obedient, though. I got up, I went and bought the same one that I had, and I took it to our Bible study, and he didn't say anything when I handed it to him, but thank you, right? And I was like, cool, I got him a cool gift. Thanks, God. And later in the evening, he sends me a photo. And this symbol right here is the exact symbol that was tattooed on his leg like eight years ago. <laughs> and I was like, 
wow. And, and God was like, I want him to know he's on the right path. So I called him and I said, hey, God wants you to know you're on the right path. And it was just like, because wow. my life was about him too, I was able to hear God and God spoke to me. So it's kind of like that. I mean, it's so, it really so to break is. that down, like, so, so step by step, if you will, and, and obviously God's going to speak to every person differently. We're all uniquely created, right? We're all individuals. He has, he has something different for every one of us, but good practices immediately when you wake up getting in God's word, right? Getting praying, reading a devotional, reading your Bible, whatever that might be before, you know, for me, it's before my feet ever hit the floor, I'm getting into a devotional or getting into my Bible. Like I wake up, sit up in bed, grab my Bible or, or devotional, whichever way I go. And that's how I started. And what's crazy listeners is if I do that differently, if something happens where I don't actually do that first, my day will be completely off. Call it routine, call it whatever you want to call it. But I know that when I get up and I go to God first, it's it's always a better day. There's no doubt about it. Um, so taking that step to get into God first thing so that you can be obedient to him and, and building that relationship with him to start and then being selfless, right, the way he was, right? He uh, Jesus died for our sins. He was sent, the, the greatest among you will be a servant, right? Yeah. He washed his disciples' feet, which back in those days, if you guys don't understand, what a, what a crazy thing that was to happen, right? For for the king to wash the servants' feet was a, was a huge deal. Um, so being selfless, being about other people. I like to joke and say that uh, I, was, uh, I was always a Christian in the making, even amongst my drug addiction, because I always shared my drugs. I wanted to make yeah. sure everybody around me had enough cocaine as well. So sorry, a little a little drug humor here, but um, it was a, it was a Christian in the making, right? So yeah, get in the morning, get into God, be selfless. What else, Adrian? And I think with that, I just so that people understand, like as we read the Word in the morning, for me especially, I have this drive inside my head that when I'm reading, whatever I'm paying attention to, God could use it later. So I really pay attention to what I'm doing. Because if not, like, when I'm just thinking about myself and reading, I don't um, absorb that much. But when I think like, today, if I can get this nailed, and get it down in my heart, then later on, somebody who's in a desperate place who needs hope, I'm going to have something for them. You know, I'm going to have that little extra cocaine. For them right? <laughs> You're going <laughs> to you be know? able to share. Yeah, I'll be able to share. Yeah. And I think the last, the last part of that, and when people really want to hear God, just know he's always talking. Like people say, I haven't heard God. I can't hear God. He's always talking. And one of the things that makes it hard for people to listen is when they do hear them or they even think they're hearing them, they don't do anything about it because that is the key element. Like, even if I think God is telling me to do it, I will do it. Right. Like, even if I think it is like, I will do it because I don't want to miss the opportunity to hear God next time. Right. Like, I want to train my body to physically react to God's voice. And that way, and that, that's like the final thing. Like if you want to hear God, even if you think it's God and you think it's God, 
and it's a good thing, do it. Now, to clarify like, for some of our listeners, yeah, like make sure it's a good thing. I mean, if, yeah, if it's uh, a good thing, yeah, yeah. the enemy will try to talk to you and distract you as well, so be careful there of uh, what's being said. Is it is it is it a good thing or a god thing? I don't remember which podcast guest said that, but uh, that was a very profound thing. You know, is is what we're doing a good thing or a god thing? Yeah, but it's like um, I'll give you an example. There's sometimes in our day that we have this feeling to call somebody or send them a text and then we don't do it. Yep. And then later on we find out from talking to them that that was like the suckiest day ever. Right. And yet God's telling you, yeah, if if it's, if a person's put on your heart or in your mind or whatever, shoot them a text, give them a call, reach out. That's, that's, those are those little subtle things that, you know, we say, uh, uh, a gut feeling, right? Like I felt like I should have called. Well, that's it, it can only be a God thing, but so I mean that breaks down a little bit of how you listen to God. But I mean, we'll go back to the story a little bit here. So from I mean, ten years old, you're knocking on doors. You're literally telling people what God is saying about us. So I mean, that's incredible to me. That's so cool. Tell us more. Where where'd you go from there? So then you got the break from ten to eighteen, and yeah. So I get to the eighteen year old age. I get married. And I was still going to church. And then I got married, got that awesome job that God gave me, (laughs) got to move out of state um, with my wife. uh, And then I forgot about God, you know, like I got the biggest blessing ever and totally forgot about him. And it was my wife's pregnancy that brought me back to God. And we wouldn't, that's a crazy God story. We wouldn't have even known she was pregnant. She got in a car accident and because of that car accident, she had to go see a doctor and the doctor says, Hey, we can't give you x-rays because you know, you're pregnant. Right. And my wife looks at the doctor like, what? (laughs) And, uh, so we, that's how we found out we were pregnant. And like immediately when I found out my wife was pregnant, I knew I had to move back to California. Like there was this drive in my head, like got to go back home got to go back home. And we moved back to California um, after that. And then my daughter still didn't go to church, though, still ignoring God, still not listening to his voice anymore. And he had to protect me. Uh, The job that I did was super dangerous. And I can tell you, there was three very significant times where I should have been dead, but I wasn't. Um, Because the enemy wants us dead. You know, the de- people think the devil just wants to play with us, but he wants you dead. Yeah. And, and that's what, there was one time I was dropping a freeway bridge and this huge pillar that weighs hundreds of thousands of tons rolled over and it almost crushed me. And, and people were watching what happened, but I just flew backwards. Like there was nobody there. But I flew backwards. I, I, there's no way I had enough time to jump because I was holding a saw. But it was like that. Like God was going, I'm going to keep you safe, kid. I need right. you alive. <laughs> but um, it was just stuff like that. I didn't notice till, like you said, till later on, that was God keeping me safe. Yeah, you look back on but it. But yeah, I started going to church um, after my daughter was born because I stopped drinking, started getting thirsty for God. And within about four months of going to church, um, the church asked me to be the youth pastor. 
So, <laughs> I mean, I was raised in the church. That's what happens when your parents are pastors. Like you go to church within a couple months, you're pastoring already. Right. So I'm the youth pastor and I was skateboarding at the time, which worked out perfect because the way I built my youth group was I'd pray and then God would send me to a park. He would say, go to this park. And all I would do is skateboard at the park. Now, I was not a professional skateboarder, <laughs> but I, I wasn't afraid to ollie anything. Like if there was a 12 foot stair gap, I was going to just ollie it. I couldn't kickflip it, but I would ollie it. Um, and teenagers would watch me and they would be drawn to me like God would draw them near to me. And I'd be like, hey, I'm a youth pastor at a church. I'd love to see you there. And we went from like four teenagers to 50 in wow. like two months. That's and awesome. it was, it was an amazing, cause they were all, it was a Spanish church, but all the teenagers were English speaking teenagers because I went to the parks to find them and they would just show up. I mean, it was, I would say in the ministry, that was my funnest time was being a youth pastor. I did that for two years. Um, and then after that, the church came to me and said, uh, you are the senior pastor, just like that. Like, the senior pastor is retiring and you're the senior pastor now. And I senior pastored that church for 14 years. Yeah. 14 years. And it, yeah, it was, it was crazy when God told me to close that church. Cause yeah. I never, we were at the height of the ministry and like we had finally got a nice building. We were in a good location and one day I was preaching and I heard it. God said, close this church. And I was all, what? <laughs> and uh, it was the hardest thing I ever had to do for God. Because like I said, when it sounds like a good idea, it's easy to listen to God, right? If it's, if it's God, it's usually something good. But right. in my mind, that didn't make sense. And it took me some time. I, I wrestled with God on it. And... Right. Finally, one day on a Sunday, um, God kind of crushed me. And I just told the congregation, I want you guys to know this is our last service. Um, God has asked me to close this church. And they accepted it because they knew who I was and that if God told me to do something, I would do it, you know, right. and they accepted it. And the next Sunday, because I had been talking to other pastors. So the next Sunday... I went to visit my friend uh, Hector Rizzo at BBF Church, and uh, he just said welcome. And I didn't realize the damage um, of what I was doing when God told me to close the church, and I didn't do it. I was actually causing real damage to my kids, to my wife. And when I closed the church, it was the first time my wife had spoken up about anything. Uh, because my wife is white, just so you guys know, and uh, I was pastoring a Hispanic church, and they weren't always nice to her. In fact, they weren't always nice to all my kids either, um, wow. because some of my kids are, are they're very fair skinned, and some of them are dark, so, but I didn't realize that. God did, but wow. I didn't, because I was in the ministry, you know, like, everybody loves everybody in my head, but yeah. God knew what was happening. And it was a huge restoration for my family when we closed that church. We went to VBF. And uh, in fact, I wouldn't even be online if I wouldn't have went to VBF church. Um, because being in a church like that, 
it was, they told me, you know, I could see the benefits of being online and reaching the loss. And that changed my whole perspective. And I have been there for almost three years now. And so they put me in charge of the men's ministry, um, life groups ministry. And now I do uh, the podcast with them called Lunch Break. So and that's a great avenue too online. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I found you. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was looking online on Instagram and my friend Jake Kennedy, which he could tell you the story, but he was building jumps in the foot in uh, the foothills of Tehachapi. And God said, message this guy and ask him if he needs anything. And I barely knew Jake Kennedy from the mountain bike scene. And so I texted him. I said, hey, do you need anything? And he's like, yeah, I need water. I was like, we need water for all these big jumps and my well's going dry out here. So I said, all right. And I had a 250 gallon tank. So I drove water from Bakersfield, which is like 45 minutes away, all the way to Tehachapi to give him water <laughs> so he could build his big old jumps uh, in the mountains. So it was, it was crazy. And I seen his podcast with you and I was like, I, I got to talk to this oh, guy. Oh, Jake, Jake Kinney. Yeah, Kenny. Right. Yes. Kenny, yeah. I, I, I had me confused. You said Kennedy. I'm like, I wonder if he's talking about Jake Kenny. But that's Kenny. that's yes. funny. Jake yeah, Jake is a Jake's become a great friend. Great, great, great man of God. Great dude. Love that guy. Um, he does so many things. We have so many great things coming with Fast Life that Jake's part of, and he's now part of Camp Royal. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, yeah, he's no longer with Woodward's now with Royals. That's huge, but. Yeah, so that's so you stumble across all of this at the podcast, and here we are doing this, getting your story. Uh, and you were still so. Tell me this one thing: when you were doing that other church, was that still Foursquare Church that you went back to? No, at that time, my parents had left the Foursquare and opened a non-denominational church. Okay. Yeah, and they had planned. They actually had to leave Foursquare because Foursquare kept sending them everywhere. (laughs) So they wanted to have like a stable place to live. Um, And so Foursquare supported them as they grew their church, uh, but they had to leave the denomination. Um, Yeah, it's just they wanted to settle and not not keep moving, which makes sense. I get it. Yeah, Um, Uh, yeah. But yeah, man, that's that's awesome. So with, I mean. What a great story. We're so stoked to have you here. If, if you've been listening to the podcast, I always ask towards the end, what's, what's one thing that you want the listeners to take home today? What's the one thing? Oh, man. I was kind of thinking about, like right now in the world that we live in, um, there's a lot of bad stuff going on. I mean, we can all admit to it. There's yep. crazy stuff happening. But when I look at that, I also see that God is raising up a different kind of believer, a very valiant, bold, God listening believer. And I think we should all be excited about that because I think as we get through the difficulty, God's going to get louder. And I would say, listen, because he's only going to get louder. (laughs) Yep. I like it. Listen. That's a that's a big one here today. Is list, listening to God art? Can you hear God? Are you listening to God? Because there's a difference yeah. between hearing and listening, right? Just like you said, there's a difference between reading and actually paying attention to what you read. Like I you know my mind with my ADD can get scattered, and I'm as I'm reading, I'm actually thinking about something else. 
So going back to what you talked about with the Bible, like actually diving in and truly focusing on nothing but what you're putting into yourself. And same thing as you listen, you know, being obedient and actually listening to what God's telling you. That's awesome. So Adrian, as uh, as we kind of come to a close here today, how can the listeners reach out to you? Can they follow you? Where, where do they get to see what's going on in your world? All right. So you can find me on Instagram at Adrian Monge. Uh, 413. You can also find me on Facebook at Pastor Monge. Um, and you can find me on YouTube. I got all my crash videos are on YouTube <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> when I'm out like this stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, you can find me on social media for sure on all cool. those avenues. Awesome. And if you're what part of California you in? So I'm in Bakersfield, California. Okay. So if you're looking for a place to ride too, People don't know, but we have these awesome trails out here for mountain bikes and motos. Nice. And what's the church that you pastor at? It's a Valley Bible Fellowship in Bakersfield. All right. So VBF in Bakersfield, if anybody's looking to go see Adrian speak, we're so stoked to have you here with us, guys. As always, fastlifeministries.com. If you'd like to support this ministry, jump on and uh, give also to all the listeners and anybody new that's listening, please subscribe, like, follow and comment on this podcast so we can continue to gain some steam. And then one more time, Angie, what was the podcast that you guys do? Oh, we do a podcast called Lunch Break. You can find it on Instagram or uh, YouTube. It's called The Real Lunch Break. Awesome. The Real Lunch Break. One more way to get a hold of him. Subscribe to that. Like that as well, guys. And let's just keep spreading the, the wonderful word of God. Lord Adrian, thank you so much for being here. And uh, oh, we'll man. sign out, man. God bless everybody. Have a great week. All right. Thank you. See ya. Thank you for listening to Faith in the Fast Life, brought to you by Fast Life Ministries. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to rate, like, and follow our podcast page, so you can be the first to see new episodes every Wednesday. If there's someone who came to mind during the podcast, please send this to them. People like you sharing the show really helps us to get God's message out to a wider audience. Visit fastlifeministries.com to give to our podcast and keep us running. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.